Welcome to the Shift Happens podcast, where we explore the latest trends and insights in the digital workplace. From the role of AI in the workplace to the future of remote work, we cover it all. Tune in as we chat with industry leaders and experts. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started in the digital landscape, we've got you covered. Subscribe to Shift Happens wherever you listen to podcasts and stay ahead of the curve. Shift Happens Podcast. Let's face it. Everyone is busier than ever these days, and we're all working from different places and devices. There's a lot to keep track of, and it's imperative for leaders to find new ways to drive efficiencies when it comes to our daily tasks and workflows. Our guest today is Andrew Sayers, who recently took on the role of digital specialist at Heineken. He'll tell us how the legendary beer maker is using Power Platform to streamline and automate functions tied to brewery business. Now pull up a seat and join us for a round. Welcome back to the Shift Happens Podcast. I'm your host, Ducks Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer here at AppPoint and a modern workplace professional. I'm so excited today for today's episode as I'm joined by Andrew Sayers, Digital Specialist at the Heineken Company. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. So I'm sure everybody knows about Heineken, but if for some reason people don't know your organization, can you share a quick background of the organization and what you do over there? Yeah, a very old uh, traditional Dutch, it was a traditional Dutch brewery that was done many years ago by a Dutch family. They first in Amsterdam built the first brewery and it just expanded from there, uh, became very popular. And nowadays they, I think in 160 countries we are, with different uh, brands. We also, Heineken is a well-known brand uh, globally. We're also coming up with new brands and uh, new, and also investing in places like India, Vietnam, uh, also working with local breweries as well, and also artisan breweries. That's also becoming big. So there's a lot of things going on with Heineken. And also sustainability. That's also becoming a big thing, not only to deliver beer and deliver an experience, but also uh, how can we do it in a sustainable way? How can we you know, when there's problems with water, uh, environment, what can we do to that as well? So that's also a big part of what we're doing at Heineken as well. I mean, that's fantastic. And I'm sure in the last uh, 18 months during the pandemic, the business you're in, Heineken or, you know, the food industry in general has grown, which is awesome. Um, certainly parts of the food industry has been affected. But oftentimes when we think about brewery or food, we don't think about how technology plays a very important role. Can you provide a picture of how essential technology is for the business, especially in the day-to-day operations of Heineken? Yeah. I mean, for example, the brewery, there's, there's, you won't see many people on the workshop floor. It's all got conveyor belts, all automated. So you can imagine a lot of it's, it's barcode scanning. Um, and also a lot of it, when the drivers come in, they need to go to different bays to pick up, unload, etc. So technology plays a big part because that helps with organizing this. It's a huge logistical operation. And with these digital tools, it makes it a lot easier, a lot closer to, to hand. You can get insights with uh, Power BI and things like that much quicker to actually do the job. So I think technology, especially in production, um, plays a big lot because there's lots going on. I mean, the amount of beer that we produce is yeah, phenomenal and the amount of uh, glasses of beer we, we supply 
uh, is huge. So it's very important to keep an eye on that and keep a track of it. And, and you're no stranger to working in or, uh, large organizations like this, where I understand your background you used to work for the International Criminal Court or Eastman Kodak, where, again, a lot of people don't think about technology in that context, but certainly plays a very, very pivotal role. Can you share more about what you do at Heineken and uh, how you're contributing to leverage technology to progress the business? Yeah, I work in a in a, what they call a subsidiary of the main Heineken. It's, it's a part of supply chain. Basically, the, we, I'm, I'm a digital specialist. My main role is to support the 40-odd apps we have in place already. Also, to develop new apps. You know, it's all, it can be from the packaging, the production area, HR, learning development. And we're looking at where, ways that we can uh, leverage the digital tools to improve efficiencies, cut down waste. Again, with this goal of sustainability. So with sustainability, we can have a huge impact by analyzing what we're doing. Okay, we're doing too much there. Let's cut back on that. Or what can we do? Also giving the apps to the production team so they're a lot uh, quicker with the actions for safety and things like that. I think it's uh, yeah, mainly cut down waste and inefficient ways of working with digital tools. So when you talk about cut down waste, it could be as simple as reducing paper, for example, right? For a lot of the processes that may entail... Uh, printing, and, and even maybe to the extent of automation. Can you talk about specific examples or what technology stack you use to make that happen? Yeah. Um, for example, the when the drivers come in, we get lots. Of, we have uh, 24-7 drivers coming in, loading, unloading, and they need to know where to go. So what we have is we actually have a power app at the reception area where they come in. It's all touch sensitive, so it's like an iPad. They can touch it. They can click it. And there's a screen we're showing you what bay they have to go to, etc. So that and that allows the controller no paperwork. He can just see the person just come in. It's this person. It's this truck, and he has another screen. I know where it needs to go, and it sort of you know it speeds up the process. The driver just has to come in, say I'm this person. I'm going here, and then uh, it's all controlled within. The, and also later we can do reporting. We can get Power BI, look behind it. Okay, how many times do we do this? Okay, where, where do we need to improve? what's working well, and you can also get it very, you know, in real time as well. And prior to that, how did they do that process before this capability? It was all with paper. The driver would come with a piece of paper. He would go to the desk, you know, here I am. The person would take the piece of paper, write down all the details, and then transfer it somewhere else. Um, so you can imagine the, the steps of paper, the copies of paper that were made. And now it's just a seamless uh, operation. Plus the efficiency and, like you said, the insights, right, where you can draw mm -hmm. a lot of data and uh, be more proactive in the future for improving processes, for example. Yeah, exactly. So they can see, you know, which, um, which you know, also because we are managing the bays, you know, say we only got 10 bays, we already know, okay, how many can we manage in a day? How can we do a turnaround? How long is a turnaround? Is it 10, 15 minutes, this type of thing? You get all that sort of feedback and you can then also utilize those spaces a lot better as well. Now, you mentioned about these apps being built in Power Apps and utilizing Power BI, which is part of the Power Platform family. Do you have any insight to how or why the organization chose this technology uh, compared to other technologies out there? I think it was because they already had an investment in uh, Office 365 and, and the Microsoft stack. Um and I think that's one of the key things about the Power Platform is it's an it's a platform, an integration platform. Um, and you use people are used to using Excel, uh, OneNote, Outlook, and this is just an extension. And especially now with Teams coming on board, you've got that 
you know, you can now actually put apps within teams. So people are working in teams, but now they can produce apps within teams. They can automate processes within teams. And it just gives you, it just sort of takes it a step further. It's sort of like, a, you know, just uh, pushing it that bit further with the what you already have. Absolutely. I, I think about teams as a new business operating system, right? Where, sure, we, we chat, we work on documents, but then taking it further now with integration with the PAR platform and even integration with uh, Viva Connections, for example, there's, there's really uh, a lot of powerful capabilities and really reducing the context switching. That's what I love about Teams where in the past, it's not that we can't use any of these tools, but you have to jump from one app to another, log in, and, mm-hmm. but, but here it brings in to this one-stop shop. Exactly. No, that's quite right. And exactly the context, stopping the contextual switching is very important. And uh, when you've got the app and you can do everything in the app, you're not switching anywhere else, and not to you know you can have one app which connects to three systems, but you don't know that because you've just got the front end with the buttons and the entry points that you have to use. Right now, there's there's this big movement around what they call the low code, no code development, which certainly Power Platform is front and center around this. How do you all think about building apps in Power Platform? At what point do you say, you know what? This is not a good candidate for a power app, for example. This has to go to a full-blown development lifecycle with a dev team. Or this is a good candidate. So can you walk through on how you all think about that as organizations or, or the audience listening can, as they think about this journey or they may be interested in Power Platform? Yeah, we, we do. We have like a, an intake funnel. So we basically, uh, business consultants talk with the business. They say we were, we're looking at this solution. And then we go through like some gates. So how critical is it? How many people are using it? Uh, because if you start to talk about thousands of people are using it, maybe Power Platform isn't the right thing. But if it's a small group, 20, 30 people, it's within teams, you know, that may be more of a candidate. If you're looking at something that uh, is business critical and is providing electricity or you know is monitoring something like that, maybe, again, it's not. we can't provide uh, some of the support for that. So maybe another more dedicated system, a more secure system is, is needed, maybe. Got it. And it sounds like based on that intake form, it's still not a free-for-all where, oh, anybody and everybody can start creating their own little apps, right? No, because you can imagine that with the, you can do a lot of things. And the trouble is that you can take it to the extreme where you're posting uh, confidential information on Instagram or Twitter. And that's definitely... What you don't want to do, what they want to do when your reputation is quite uh, is very important as part of your business. So yeah, and and I think that's you know as they say with great power comes great responsibility. Where I was talking with a customer, um, I think a year ago now, where when they enabled uh, Flow, for example, or Power Automate. I keep saying Flow, but Power Automate, where uh, and, and had people try it. And again, I'm sure there's no malicious intent. And somehow one of their colleagues integrated CRM with LinkedIn, where as soon as they won a, a business opportunity or a deal lands, it automatically posted on LinkedIn the details of that opportunity. And, and that's the power you're describing is certainly while it's great, but there still needs to be some level of boundaries or governance or even justification, right? You don't just create an app because you feel like it. No, exactly. It has to be. The business value, how many people. Um, also, um, at the moment, it's just me supporting it. So we also have to think, okay, is the resources there for me to uh, to provide the support and the development? Um, but of course, that's the benefit of Power Apps is you can develop something within a couple of days. 
But if it's uh, more complex, then uh, yeah, it's probably time for an uh, external developer or something else to uh, to take that over. And then, and then with these power apps that are out there, do you all sunset it? How do you think about the life cycle of an app? Is it is it everything in motion or is it project based? Uh, for example, what we do is we do a lot of things like the user stories, so the agile way of working. So we have a some uh, user stories like learning development. They want to do something or they want to achieve something. And then we, we see if we can solve those user stories with an app. And then it could be evolving because later on they want to improve it. So what I see is, um, well, for example, the, the desktop booking app, that's now redundant because that was used when we had COVID. And that was a particular app to meet at a particular need. But that's gone now. So we don't need that anymore. But I see a lot of other apps uh, organically grow. So you build something very quickly. It delivers value. They see the value. And of course, six months later, oh, but now can we bolt on this? Can we add this? And I see a lot of apps sort of, which is different from perhaps traditional uh, app development is that, you know, with a quick development, you can add things, you can change things um, and bring value quickly. And that's what I think is the value of the, the platform. And, and you bring up a good point, right? With, again, Power Platform, Power Apps, you could do quick testing and quick iteration because you can see the behavior Especially, for example, if you enable the mobile capability, which is uh, a great feature of the platform where I don't have to develop a, a mobile app separately and people can use it on their phone. Yeah, no, that's especially for frontline workers. You know, when you put things on the mobile, we can do safety inspections. We have an app where people actually uh, once a month go and do a check. They photograph the issue. They report it on the app. We click submit. Boom. It's gone straight into a SharePoint list or something. And then you've got the Power BI to review how many incidents do we have, how many bad situations could we avoid, this sort of thing. And again, with the mobile, you know, you're carrying it around, you can quickly pick it up, take a photo, submit it, and, you know, the process is taken care of from there. And in, in from an adoption perspective, uh, I'm sure you recall back in the early days of SharePoint is, is trying to move a mountain to get people to adopt SharePoint. But with something like this, since it's app-based, it's familiar because a lot of the consumer technologies consumer app people use are very similar precisely i mean i was just thinking today when i was looking at the uh, what we were going to talk about today i don't go onto the website for my bank anymore everything is done on my phone yeah and it's perfectly natural for me to pick up the phone do the banking and some other things as well and i think yeah with the power apps making it mobile first is this automatic okay i'm not, I'm not it's not a problem it's just i'm used to it already something i can i'm used to Buttons, clicking, drop downs, etc. Rise SharePoint. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a different uh, animal, as it were. And some people are a bit reticent about using it. But with power, with apps, yeah, I'm using apps already uh, on the Google phone or on the iOS. So again, you you got you don't have this barrier that you may have had with other ways. And and that's the beauty of how technology evolves, right? It's not that SharePoint's going away. I mean, SharePoint is still there. It's the it's it's actually the content fabric of Office three sixty five. But I love your example around mobile banking. So even to this day, right, I was speaking with a customer around what's an intranet. In the past, an intranet is you have to go to a site, a SharePoint site for that matter. Sure, it's still there, but I can access it now with Viva Connections or I just want a feed. I want automated alerts. So there's multiple ways to access and consume information and interact with it. So it's not just going to the site. No. Exactly. I was talking with a colleague yesterday, um, and they have a lot of people who work in the shops and do it. And their job, main job is to sell goods. 
So you don't want them hours on the hours on the computer trying to find something on the internet. So what they do is they deliver uh, news and information about the targeted for that particular store via the mobile, via SharePoint, via SharePoint News. So again, the people come in the morning, they spend 10 minutes looking at what the latest news is, and then go and do their job because their job is to pack the warehouse, deliver the goods, sell the goods, um, but they get the information, they feel connected because they have it on the mobile app. Now, when you release an app or a new app based on this intake form, how much uh, training do you provide or not much since it's very app-based and hopefully it's intuitive enough? Yeah, we, I work very closely with the business Have a, because it's quick, such a quick cycle. I can already give them, a, as it were, not a wireframe, but already a draft version of it. Um, and they can already get access to it. They can also click, drag, drop and say this is not right or this is right. So with the, it's very important to get them working with it because they're the business. They know the process better than anybody else. And I can just give them that framework. Um, so, yeah, once they have seen a few iterations and I understand them a bit better, it's very quick to, uh, to deliver. And I, I suspect if you think about how this partnership between the typical stereotype between IT and the business has drastically changed in the last 10 years, right? Because of technologies like this where IT's now become a trusted advisor, trusted partner. Not that they weren't in the past, but more so today because now they see, and like you said, the life cycle is pretty fast where you're providing value right away. Exactly. You know, the thing is that somebody can come to me and uh, ask a question. I can say, yeah, here's a few things. Here's a few templates. I mean, Power Automate's got some great templates that people can just pick up and use straight away. Um, and as soon as they use it and they find it has value, then they start to, to look at it uh, more in depth maybe with it. You know, what it gives them is um, they can use it. It does the job for them. They can get on with their, what's important to them. I think that's the key. Fantastic. So what's, uh, what's ahead for Power Platform, Microsoft 365 at Heineken, at least in, in the work you're doing? What are some of the big things that's coming up that uh, you can share? Yeah, we're, we're looking at sort of having some uh, service model. So a lot of the apps that are very critical, we're going to be managing by IT. So the business helps us develop it, but then IT is actually um, managing it. And we have like a DevOps pipeline. So we have like an acceptance production. So it really becomes uh, somewhere where we can um, store it. It's backed up. It's secure. We have version control and things like this. So that's something that we're looking to do in the next uh, six months to get some of these apps into a managed environment, but also, yeah, uh, develop more, see where, see where more opportunities are. Uh, the great thing about Heineken is we have a huge global community and everybody's doing things differently. But that's great. That's, that's the diversity. And that's great because we can all pick up on different ideas. We get innovation. So for me, it's, it's a journey of innovation and discovery with uh, other colleagues as well. And, and I suspect you don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time, right? I'm sure there's knowledge sharing and communities of excellence that one business unit out there may be uh, experiencing a challenge that, you know, uh, out in APAC or North America, they may have figured it out already. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for, uh, I was just thinking of something. There's, we have an app catalog. So there's a global app catalog. So people can already go look at that. Oh, yeah, we're doing something similar to that. And then they can connect to, with the people who developed it. They can get a copy of it, sort of manip- you know, change it a bit. So, uh, yeah, that's also uh, a lot what a lot goes on as well. Boy, I mean, I can keep talking about all the work you all are doing. Um, but in the interest of time, Andrew, before we wrap up, what advice would you give our listeners 
as they begin this journey of leveraging Power Platform to help automate and streamline and improve a lot of the day-to-day business processes they have? I think um, there's the key, I suppose, is um, yeah. What ch- what pain points do you face today? What what is your challenge? Is it you know something small uh, like notifications, approvals? Just pick something that's really um, you know a bugbear every day. Like oh, if I could just do something with this, could I make it quicker, automate it? Just look at those sort of opportunities, and then go onto the Power Automate site, search for a template, just try it out, and then see if that gives you uh, value. And I think. That's one of the keys. And then once people in the department are starting to use it, then I think word of mouth uh, can help with a lot of um, adoption with it as well. So I think really is, is not don't jump in with these huge ideas. Oh, you've got ideas, great. But just pick something that, you know, something that's really a bugbear. It's a sort of small piece of the day that takes some time from you. Work on it, see what it gives you. And I think that will give you a lot of value. And then you can springboard from there with that experience. Love it. Uh, Really look at the low-hanging fruits, right? Like any day-to-day mundane manual things, it could be, you know, a conference room reservation system or anything that deals with a lot of emails or Excel, as you mentioned. And hopefully you can retire that access database today too. Yeah, I I think the thing is just to provide an effortless experience. I think that's the key. If you can provide an effortless experience then people forget about, the, you know, I've just done that. Okay, now I can go on to what I need to do. And I think that's really what the benefit of the Power Platform, and especially with the reporting. So after you've done all the work, you don't have to do any work to get the reporting and the analytics. Amazing. I love that. Effortless experience. That's a new hashtag right here. With that, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Shift Happens Podcast. Until the next time, take care. Shift Happens Podcast. Thanks for listening. We're all thirsty for good advice when it comes to figuring out how to automate workplace functions. And as Andrew told us, it's not just about having the right tools, such as Microsoft Power Platform, for the job. Keep the best practices from Heineken in mind. Determine what tasks and departments could benefit, and depending on the situation and intended goal, use the right apps and platform integration. This might take some trial and error, but once you're set, the results should be smooth sailing. If you liked today's episode, please leave a review for the Shift Happens podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen. We'll see you next time. Shift Happens podcast. Shift Happens podcast. Shift Happens podcast is a production of AppPoint Inc. Produced and edited by the AppPoint brand team. Stay up to date on the latest trends in digital workplace transformation by visiting AppPoint.com.